0: It's Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening color. In partnership with Mish Reya. It's business, but it's personal.
1: The big and breezy sound of Sarah Vaughan and uh, orchestra. Good morning, this is Jazz Shapers. I'm Elliot Moss here on Jazz FM. Thank you very much for joining me. Jazz Shapers is a place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And right alongside them here on Jazz Shapers, we bring someone who's shaping the world of business, doing amazing things, contortion acts and the like. My business shaper today, I'm very pleased to say, is Deborah Mattinson. And Deborah is the co-founder and director at Britain Thinks. And Britain Thinks is an international insight and strategy consultancy, talking to, advising businesses, politicians, government departments, charities, you name it, they do it, and you're going to be hearing all about what she does and how impactful it really is. In addition to hearing from Deborah, you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice, I hope, for your business. And then, of course, we've got the music, and we've got some brilliant artists lined up today. Hugh Masakela, Ahmed Jamal, Cuban vocalist Dame Arasina and this from Cannonball Adelaide. <laughs> That was Cannonball Adley with the uplifting The Sticks. Deborah Mattinson is my business shaper here on uh, Jazz Shapers. Co-founder and director at Britain Thinks, as I said earlier. They provide international insight. I feel like a man of mystery (laughs) as I'm saying this. International insight and strategy to a variety of different organisations and individuals. And uh, Deborah, in her past, and she'll talk about this, has worked for people that you may have heard of, like Gordon Brown and others. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining me. Great
2: pleasure to be here.
1: Normally, you're behind the scenes. Normally, you're providing numbers that that, that big companies... and uh, individuals use to great effect. Is it is it slightly strange coming from the shadows, or do you do this
0: occasionally? Well,
2: I find I talk about them quite a lot as well. And mm. I should say, what we do is not just numbers.
0: Yes, tell Although me about what you do. Numbers is got-
2: important, um, but we're also. We, we call ourselves qualitative-led, so we're about small data. We do a lot of focus groups, we do a lot of depth interviews, we do a lot of so-called deliberative research where we are giving people a little bit of information and finding out what they think when they know that. So a typical opinion poll will tell you what people think given how little they know, but deliberative research will tell you what they might think if you gave them enough information to be a player. So it's quite enabling and empowering, mm. quite exciting.
1: And something very contemporaneous at the moment, is of course what people feel about Brexit and if I'm not yeah. r- not wrong I believe you, w- w- with The Guardian you've created the, the under the aegis of Brexit Diaries. The Brexit 48, Diaries. 48, 48 people that remain, 52 that, yeah. that, 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 that See set, what we did
2: there. S- yeah, see what we <laughs> did there
1: that's a pretty smart thing to do but then you then talk to these people in a deliberative manner about what's going on and that must be fascinating.
2: Well what it is, it's actually it's the oldest style of opinion polling you can get. We ask people k- to keep diaries. Like the old fashioned mass observation. Mm. We said to them, just keep a diary write down whatever you want as this story unfolds and then share it with us and it's been remarkable in the insight that it's yielded into our sort of divided nation and what that feels like and then the nuance that's within that because you know there's the the obvious divide is leave versus remain but it's so much more complicated than that and so much more interesting and and that's the kind of work that we do. It's almost impossible
1: not to have that conversation with people in, t- in terms of did you, did you vote this way or that way. It happened to me yesterday with a, with a, with a politician actually at, at a lunch and it was, it was an extraordinary moment because we were utterly in disagreement about things that we probably never would have talked about before. So it has, obviously this, this issue has unearthed lots of things but research plays a critical role a in really getting underneath well, what's driving that.
2: Absolutely and I think one of the really interesting things that came out of the referendum is this sense, this thing that we call confirmation bias so that we all seek out people who have views the same as us and then we therefore think that everybody thinks what we think and you know through the referendum campaign when I was speaking at events or whatever I took to saying to the audience hands up who thinks that Remain is going to win and everybody would have their hand up including the people on the platform who were speaking for leave there was this sort of conventional wisdom because it was what if you like movers and shakers felt so everybody thought that was what was going to happen and I think one of the things that the work that I do can help people to do is to be in touch with people who don't think what they think and to understand that you need to know that. Now
1: you work for and that kind of we just talked about that the specific issue around Brexit, but of course over the last twenty five however many years you've been looking at all sorts of issues. Right now, are you able to say who your clients are? Some of them,
2: I can certainly say who some of them so, are. Well, I mean we, we work we work with government departments, uh, we work with charities. For instance, we we've been doing a big project with the Joseph Round. Foundation, understanding what people feel about poverty to help them. They they launched a big anti-poverty strategy last year, and we did a lot of work that fed into that. We work with brands. We work with companies. We do a lot of uh, kind of corporate reputation. We help companies track their reputation. We help brands understand how their customers feel about them. Essentially, the thread that joins it all up is working with our clients to help them really understand the audiences that matter most to them and then to put that at the heart of their thinking.
1: Stay with me to find out um, how the heart of the thinking of businesses and brands is being affected by Deborah Mattinson and her team. She's co-founder and director at Britain Thinks. Time for some music and it's the big sound of Mr Hugh Masekela with Grazing in the Grass. Hugh with grazing in the grass. Deborah Mattinson is my business shaper today, co-founder and director at Britain Thinks. They're the people that provide insight by talking to people, talking yeah. to audiences that matter. I mean, listening, listening, listening. listening. <laughs> now this this thing about confirmation bias is is really interesting yeah. to me. Do you find sometimes that you present some insights which are genuinely of a huge surprise to the person you're delivering them to? And as a as a secondary thing in that, do they then actually change what they're either doing in a policy perspective if it's government or they're doing from a product perspective if it's a business? Do they actually listen to the research?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing if they don't, and you hope that they do. It's also kind of slightly disappointing if I don't manage to unearth some new insight. I mean, I, I suppose in a way you're looking for balance. It would be a strange thing if we did a piece of work and presented it back to the client, and they were astonished at everything that we were telling them. It would mean perhaps we'd got something wrong. It certainly would mean they'd got something wrong, I think. Um, what often happens is that, you know, quite a lot of what we feed back will be kind of what people thought. Um, but but because it's us telling them that, um, it gives it a different perspective, and they can listen to that, and they can believe it, and they can buy into it. And what we do, again, part of our job... I see it as not just saying, here you are client, here's your research, here's what people think, but then really working with them to take that to the next step. So to develop the strategy that will enable them to figure out what to do about that. Mm. Um, and that's, that's something that we, you know, we've worked very hard on. Now, you've
1: been running your own business for seven years. Before you did that, were there times over the years when you thought, do you know what, I want to do this for myself? And if there were, why didn't you act on that
2: sooner? Well, I did. Actually, I've been working for myself since I was 30. I left my job in advertising and set up a business, um, the the very first business that I set up, with a guy called Philip Gould.
1: Georgia Gould, the Labour councillor's late father. Yes, she's she's the leader of of Camden.
2: Exactly, exactly that. So, uh, So Philip and I started sort of put put together a consultancy to advise Labour in the very early days, working towards we didn't know it at the time, but the birth of new Labour. So this so was
1: in the, in the 80s, the
2: late 80s? So it was the late 80s okay. so uh, the first election that I worked on was 87 um, and Philip and I had set up a business to do that at the request of the then uh, new comms director at the Labour Party, this bright young chap called Alistair, Peter, C- Peter oh, Mandelson. Peter Mandelson, no, oh, right. No, Alastair Campbell was still at the Mirror. He yeah, was so. a sort of jour- journalist who, you know, swung in and out and gave us advice and played the bagpipes at parties and, 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 and did all sorts of things. But so Philip and I set up that business. Hmm. Um, I have essentially worked for myself ever since. So so basically, um, Philip and I ran our business called Mattinson, Which we ran until after the 92 election. Um, I suppose I must have known Labour wasn't going to win the 92 election. That was the famous
1: Sheffield rally, was that 92? The famous
2: Sheffield rally, exactly. Jennifer's ear, yes, all of that. I guess I knew what was coming because I had already connected with an old colleague of mine from advertising days and we had hatched a plot to create a company called opinion leader research which we launched immediately after the after the campaign and i then ran that until i sold that to chime oh wow so you really this is actually this is like your fourth time round or something well it is because i sold that business to chime in 98 left two years later Um, And set up another company uh, called the Smart Company to do um, corporate social responsibility, which I also sold actually to Chime. I, I, I also sold to Chime two years later and I then ran the research division within Chime until I left um, in 2010 to set up Britain Thinks.
1: Right, hold that thought because I've got a crazy serial entrepreneur. It's all coming out, otherwise. And, and, and if you don't know who Philip Gould was, you'll, um, he was one of the most uh, important, along with Deborah here, important pollsters um, and uh, architects of um, proper intelligence in politics in uh, the last 20 years. So you're with a proper guru here on uh, Jazz Shaper. Stay with me for much more. Latest travel company in a couple of minutes. But before that, some words of wisdom from our programme partners at Mishkonda for your business. Hi, I'm Richard Leedham, Head of Insurance Litigation at Mishkondorea. One of the things I always say to clients who come to me with a claim, whether it's against an insurance company or some sort of other financial institution, is be prepared to be in it for the long run because the opponents will try and weigh you down. And that applies whether you're an individual or a relatively large company yourselves. Some of these institutions are set up to try and drive you um, to distraction and abandon the claim. So having the stamina and the appetite is very important.
0: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. Named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017.
1: You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday, I talk to someone shaping the world of business... Today, Deborah Mattinson is my business shaper. She's the co-founder and director at Britain Thinks, uh, talking to people, listening to people, and advising companies on what they should be doing as a result. And as you hopefully heard earlier, she's been doing this for herself for quite a while. Uh, we worked out how many times? This is your fourth time. Yes,
2: period. it's my fourth. Yeah.
1: So, so obviously you're very independent-minded. Uh, uh, was yep. that always the case? I mean, was it actually looking back now that you, you've been doing this since you were 30, could it have happened earlier?
2: I don't know if it could have happened earlier, because I think, you know, you have to, if you're going to set up a business, you have to know what you're going to do. And you have to have a, you know, you need to have something to offer. Um, So for me, it couldn't have happened earlier. But I kind of always knew that was what I was going to do. How did you know, just on on that point? Because my dad had worked for himself. So I had seen my dad, who worked in in banking, in financial services, you know, move from job to job, you know, and around the country, actually, which is what you had to do in those days to get promotion. And then finally, having this kind of road to Damascus experience coming home and saying, I'm going to leave this thing and work for myself. I'm going to set, and I remember the excitement of that, and then and how uh, evangelical my father was about about working for yourself and the independence that brought. And I somehow just always knew that was what I was going to do. I didn't know quite what I was going to do, but I knew that I would work for myself.
1: And the craft skill that you've developed, obviously, in, in one level it's polling, on another level it's qualitative research, and it's the, then it's analysis and all those things. Beyond that, I mean, that's one set of things to do, and often people are good at that, but the commercial- stuff, the learning how mm-hmm. to actually set the business up to make sure the cash is working to make sure you hire the right people and so on. Where did you learn that and did that did it, were you scared that you wouldn't know what to do on that first business?
2: Well, a lot of that I learned on the job and I mean one thing I, I would say here is that I've set up four businesses and I've set up each of those businesses with a partner, yeah. um, the first being Philip Gould, who we've already talked about, um, but the other three with my long-standing business partner, Vicky Cook, who was a colleague of mine in the early days when we worked in advertising together. And she and I have kind of, you know, evolved a way of working Together, um, and I think we've got very complementary skills. And I, I do think you know it can be a very lonely business working for yourself. Especially, you know, I mean, most people that do that are sole traders. Um, and for me, I think that the, that the way to do it, um, as somebody who doesn't like being lonely and is essentially quite sociable, finding the right business partnership. Uh, has been amazing. And, you know, I think Vicky and I have really enjoyed working together over the years. It's been an incredible journey. And actually, in terms of, you know, having the confidence to do some of the things that, that, that I've done, it's been about doing that with with a partner.
1: And what's the buzz for you, Deborah? You look incredibly um, energised, your eyes and things. The way you talk, it means that you obviously love what you do. What is yeah. it? That, what is it about what you do that you love?
2: So I think it is... I'd almost spin that round and say, I think it is about finding a way to do the thing you love. Um, So for me, the the thing that really galvanized me was, you know, politics was my hobby. It was it was fun. It was the thing that I really enjoyed spending my time. And suddenly it was sort of like, hey, what? Maybe I could do this all the time. You know, I have something I think I can offer to these politicians. And that was the start point. And I think all the way through, um, I mean, actually what I do now isn't very much mainstream party politics, but it's about this mood of the nation thing, and that's the thing I find so fascinating. And I think if you can if you can find your a way of making your hobby your job, then you, like you never go to work, you know. <laughs> it's always fun. And I guess that's what I've been fortunate enough to be able to do. Stay with me
1: for more from my business shape today, Deborah Mattinson, talking about finding the thing you love and then calling it a job when it isn't really at all. Time for some more music right now. Daime out with Mambo Nama. Mambo <laughs> Nama That was Daime Arosena with Mambo Na Ma. I'm always careful when I say that because Na and Ma, um, I'm sure I'm going to muck it up one day, but I didn't today. <gasps> You're uh, listening to Jazz Shapers, and my business shaper today is Deborah Matinson. I hope you've been listening to her already. Uh, co-founder and director at Britain Thinks. They listen to people and then act, or help companies and individuals act accordingly. In terms of the money bit, because obviously you've done this thing and you talk about independence, you talk about doing the thing that you love. We haven't talked about the dosh. Yeah. Um, how important is it? Is it just a function of, well, I just want to be able to not worry about it? Or is there something else driving? It doesn't strike me you're driven by the money.
2: We, we, we got great advice in the early days, which is this, that, you know, small businesses and startups fail for one of two reasons. Typically, one is the partners fall out with each other, and thankfully, I've managed to avoid that um and you know I've already said how important I think it is to get a great partnership at the heart of your of your business um, but the other is cash, you know cash is king for small businesses um and it's about. Really nailing that and being very precise, it's about getting good advice, it's about having the right people around you, but it's about constantly making sure, you know, it's the easiest thing in the world to spend money and it's the hardest thing in the world to earn it. And, you know, the, the focus for me uh, with the business has always been about earning the money and, you know, being out there and building the business in that sense and being very cautious about spending that money.
1: Is the money, though, um, it sounds almost like you've interestingly talked about, well, if the company's going to work, it's got to have money because cash flows, cash is king, as you say. In there, what does Deborah feel about money? Does Deborah really care about money or is Deborah more interested that the business she's with is successful because that makes her feel good?
2: Um, I mean, I'm fortunate I've been reasonably financially successful, but I've got to say, personally, I'm not massively motivated by money. Or at least for me, money is only as as a measure of success Um, I suppose I'm I'm driven by that but I'm not particularly interested in in earning lots of money that's not something and I think you know I'm not sure I'd be doing what I'm doing now if I was I'd be I don't know working for an investment bank or something (laughs) I mean I'm not you know that that's not something that personally motivates me other than as a way of enabling me to do what what I want to do and the team of people that I have around me to do what they want to do
1: Stay with me for my final chat with Deborah. Um, Plus we'll be playing a track from Ahmad Jamal That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM
0: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM In partnership with Mishkondorea It's business, but it's personal
1: That was Ahmad Jamal with Saturday Morning. And it is Saturday Morning here on Jazz FM with Jazz Shapers. And I've been talking to Deborah Mattinson, co-founder and director at Britain Thinks. Good name, Britain Thinks, by the way. Not her first business, not her second business, not her third business. No, her fourth. Her fourth <laughs> business I have learned today and you have learnt as well with me. Um, the future for a business like yours it it, it kind of feels like it's as open and as wide as you want it to be because businesses and governments and or and anyone will always need to know what people are thinking i mean that's great isn't it It's it's, it's,
2: it's it's absolutely great and we're you know we're on a massive kind of growth spurt at the moment which is you know challenging and and huge amounts of fun we've sort of doubled in size in every sense in the last Year or so, um, yes. Britain thinks it's an interesting thing because one of the things, w- w- one of the things driving the growth is actually international work. And of course, what you can't do is go and interview people in Philadelphia and say we're well, Britain thinks. They're like, why are you asking mm. me questions? So we we use the brand World Thinks. In fact, um, when when we're operating internationally, um, but yes, it's uh, it's very exciting and and increasingly as we bring in more people to the business, they shape its future as well because. You know, a business like ours is about its people.
1: In a way, I, I think about a lot of businesses at the moment. Technology might make a fundamental difference. Is technology yeah, in your I, business? I, I was it? just
2: going to say technology. I think has been, has been, and will continue um, to be transformational. Actually, and although I'm actually quite a fan of, you know, let's not forget the kind of old-fashioned. I was talking earlier about the kind of, you know, the, the, keeping a diary or, or whatever, face-to-face interviews. But actually, um, technology has enabled us to do some amazing things. So, for instance, one. One of the things that we do is set up online communities that people can be involved in. Um, and that's a really interesting way of collecting qualitative data that enables you to connect people up, even though they're not geographically proximate, um, and to get scale into, into some of that kind of qualitative insight in a way that it's very expensive to do if you use the traditional methods. But using online methods, you can do some very exciting things. So that's, I think, that w- what's mm. going to drive change in the business. And that's incredibly exciting.
1: Deborah, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much. Just before I let you go and zoom off to see those flowers blooming, what's your song choice and why have you chosen
2: it? So my song choice is Devil's Door by uh, a very talented young jazz vocalist called Francesca Mondi. Um, I've chosen it because I know Francesca. I've known her since she was five. Uh, She was this little girl with this enormous voice. And it's been the most fantastic pleasure to Hear her uh, develop as an artist. Um, She is hugely talented, and I think she has a single coming out on January the 13th. Um, And it's great. Just listen to her. She has the most wonderful, soulful voice. Brilliant. Here she is, just for you. Thank you very much.
0: Oh, he's here. He's here to stay. And I'm up to my name They say It's been a while since you came You're here to come
1: That was Francesca Mondi with Devil's Door the song choice of my business shaper today Deborah Mattinson simple bit of advice, what is it that you can offer to the world and to business the importance of partnerships and how she said it's a pretty lonely thing running a business and setting a business up and how partnerships have really helped her and finding the thing that you love and turning it into what we would call a job but it doesn't feel like a job, finding that hobby or the passion and converting it into a business, that's what she talked about, really really good stuff do join me again same time same place, that's next Saturday, 9am sharp here on Jazz FM for another edition of Jazz Shapers. Meanwhile, stay with us. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams.
0: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. Named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017.